Hey, I'm Micah. And I'm Jen. From 1994 to 1996, Jen lived in the middle of nowhere, Montana. But not by choice. She was sent to a therapeutic boarding school. I had some issues. While there, she performed hard labor. There was also a lot of forced exercise. Went through daily, hours-long group therapy. That shit didn't work. And when she left, she was left with some holes in her life. Holes? One of the holes was her pop culture hole. Yeah, I missed a lot of shit. And that's a hole we can fill. So strap on your rollerblades. It's time for... I never saw that. All right, tonight we're talking about a show that I'm very excited about, Jen. Are you excited? Yes. We got a little warm-up exercise I want to do before we start talking about it, though. Is that cool? Yes. Do you know what it is? Yes. (laughs) We're talking about the 1994 and 95 show mantis yes it it, (laughs) (laughs) sorry are you gonna say anything else you're very agreeable tonight i'm very i'm in a very agreeable mood i just want you to have your moment in the sun oh just this one and then no then i'm done and you're gonna okay this show premiered on fox on august 26th 1994 so a few days, 10 days after 10 you got to Montana. 10 days after I arrived. Yeah. Wow. So you totally missed this one. And it was gone by March 3rd, 1995. So not yeah. a long time on the air. Yeah, which is actually a real bummer. I'm into this show. Well, to be clear, what we're talking about tonight are the first two episodes yeah, yeah, of the pilot. The TV movie, which was broken into two hour-long episodes. Yeah, we're talking about parts one and parts two. But then we're gonna. What we're gonna do for next week is watch one more episode, uh, the first episode after the pilot. We would, I would love to do like a the whole season, except that um, it costs money and we don't have that. <laughs> so um, we may end up doing the whole season though, because I the more I read about it, the more I want to, or we may not because uh, Fox did a real bad thing right after the yeah. episodes we watched, and we'll get into that later. And yeah, it was. Filmed in Vancouver, BC. It was created by Sam Raimi. Um, of Spider-Man. And Spider-Man. that's all I know him from. Well, you do know more that yeah, he's done. He has upcoming movies. That. He has Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness or whatever it is. Um, he did all the Army of Darkness films, which I know you haven't seen because they're not your thing. Uh, he also did a little movie that we watched called The Quick and the Dead. Oh, yeah. Oh, that movie was sad. So, yeah, Sam Raimi wrote this and created it i don't know he may have directed a couple episodes here and there who knows um but he was involved and let's get into this exercise that we have at the beginning so the show is called mantis and it's named after a black superhero which is the first primetime black superhero drama on tv i believe yeah yeah Um, that's what i'm saying it sucks that the show got canceled do you remember what mantis stands for jen oh yeah why don't you go ahead and share with our listeners? Jen? Yeah, gladly, gladly. Don't keep it to yourself. Gladly, 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 gladly. Um, <laughs> so mantis is there's a period after each letter, right? And that's what we call it. That's how you know, right? Yeah, that it's an acronym, um, and that it's going to be clever. And uh, apparently, what it, in the '90s, it, the periods were necessary to let people know it was an acronym because acronyms well, were new. I think is a word, so it would be confusing if they right. Didn't. But if it's in all caps, that's generally how acronyms work. A lot of like backronyms are actually words that you know what I mean. Yeah. Are you done? 
Okay, go ahead. Because I thought this was my turn. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, so the M, so it stands for mechanical, automatic, new, time, in, sexual. Ooh, sexual. And that was unexpected. That was a twist at the end. Yeah. I didn't. I that didn't was it, though. Expect any of that actually, because that's not accurate. None of them were. No. Mm, mechanically, Close. even. Mechanically, yeah. Ha! That was, that was Bitch. Good. Do you want to hear mine? Mm-hmm. The ones I came up with. Uh, man-sized animatronic, nice tie, idiot suit. <laughs> oh, that's much better than mine. It the makes nice, sense. Nice tie will make sense later when we start criticizing the. <laughs> when you choices. start criticizing. Um, also, meat-based action. Nighttime insect safety. Okay, so I'm sorry, meat based. Yeah, like there's a human in there. No, you both of Not yours. Not a robot. Both of yours were hyphenated words, which is completely cheating. Okay, I have a new one then. This one's better, and it's uh, apropos, as they say. Montana area nerds talk in semaphore. <sighs> no, you didn't like, like with any flags. Of them? Is that what semaphore is? Yeah. Flag language. That's great. Yeah, no, but what does it actually stand for? Because no one's interested in any more of these. Well, in the pilot, it stood for Mechanically Augmented Neurotransmitter Interception oh. System. And neurotransmitter oh, man, yeah, was I should have remembered that. Um, but they changed it for the next episodes. They changed a lot of things. Um, but this one seems totally pointless. Mechanically Augmented Neurotransmitter Interactive System. I did take quite a few notes on this. Because there was a lot to take notes on. There was um, a lot going on. It, it, I, yeah. And also, I do have a, a joke. Oh, okay. I'm really excited to throw in there at I'm, some point. I'm ready. Oh, not right now. No, no, no. It would not make any sense right now. At an appropriate moment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I just want people to be looking forward to that. Okay. Be ready for one joke. One that's great what you're joke. saying. Okay. <laughs> one great joke. Keep your yep. ears peeled. Yeah. We got one joke coming at you somewhere mm-hmm. in the episode. Yeah. So do your very quickly, if you don't mind, you could talk about the cast and like, are you okay. going to do a plot synopsis or? We'll just do it as we go, you know, yeah, like we do. that's how we All do disorganized. it. Sort of. But we ask, I ask this question every week. That's what our listeners love. And yeah. Okay. All right, so let's go. Let's get into it. All right, so let's talk about the cast really quickly because I do want to mention these people's names for two reasons. It was significant because it was a an almost entirely black cast. Most yeah. of the lead characters. Yeah. It was for the time. I think this was significant for a drama for a superhero. Yeah. Thing. Um, it. And yes. I want to mention their even names now that would be significant because they're not in the series. Fox. Whitened up the whole cast. And so Carl Lumbly stays. He's Dr. Miles Hawkins. Um, Bobby Hosea plays Yuri Barnes. He's a reporter uh, for the TV station in town, one of the TV stations. Gina Torres plays Dr. Amy Ellis. She's a forensic pathologist or like the coroner. Yeah, so do either of them stick around? They do not. Oh, my God. Steve James is Antoine Pike. He is a like youth. Group, no, youth group, city community center. I am Tuan Pike of Mayor's Task Force on Gang Violence has a few comments he'd like to make. Yeah, yeah. He runs programs for youth. And he works, he also works for the mayor. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. He's a bad guy. Yeah. Oh, you gave it away. 
Oba Babatunde, I'm probably saying his name wrong. Um, he plays Cornell, who works at the youth group place. Youth, no, I keep saying youth group. Yeah, stop. Because <laughs> that's a center. Christian thing. Yeah, okay. The community center. Um, and he plays Cornell. Cornell and Antoine were gang members. And this comes up in the show, but then they started this community center and they're running it to like help the youth in the area. Oba Babatunde was familiar to me as he was... Um, the dad in one of our favorite shows, Detroiters. He was Sam Richardson's dad. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. why I recognized him. What else do we need to know to jump in here? Well, I don't think we're quite ready to jump in. I think we have some other things we need to take care of. I think you're right. Yeah. We have a little housekeeping to do, actually. Yeah. Oh, my God. I we, need to explain. We we talked last time. No. The week. Okay. So last week's episode... Uh, which was with our friend so James. So wait, Jen, what? wait. Don't don't frame it as a fuck up. I'm gonna I have a secret framing device that's gonna cover this all up for people and make us look like actual geniuses. Okay, I'm, I won't ready? I'm not gonna say anything about the dates. I'm just saying okay. I'm just saying that last week's episode was actually recorded a year and a half ago, almost right. two years ago. Uh, and so we were doing some time travel there right away. So we recorded that episode out of sequence right. and way out of sequence with when we started releasing episodes again. So for those of you taking notes, that was episode 89, The Simpsons with James. And that was recorded almost two years ago. Before that was episode 88, Speed. That is how numbers work. And that's a significant number when you're talking about time travel because of a certain DeLorean and the speed it goes when it this time travels. This baby hits 88 miles per hour. See, we did it all on purpose and we're, we were just see seeing some if serious shit. any of you paid attention. What? Okay, but you, nobody so even knows what you're talking we about. We talked about time travel in that episode because we talked about the next episode was recorded two years before. And before that, we did While You Were Sleeping, which was also recorded before. So we've just been time traveling all over the place and... Some of you eagle-eared listeners probably picked up on this. We did some of the See in the Funny Papers out of order. On purpose. It was totally all on purpose. It was not on purpose. Yes, it was. We're geniuses. And if you picked up on our, uh, like, uh, cool Wait, so game... are we doing See in the Funny Papers now, then? Yeah. Because you didn't give me any place to put in the music or anything. See you in the Funny Papers. See you in the Funny Papers. So without further ado, in order to fix the fuck ups, I'm not going to take you through the whole thing. You can go back and listen to the episodes if you want. Like I know you all do anyway. I'm sorry. Did you say what the dates were in the other ones? No, they can go back and listen to them. It was like we did the sixth and then the 10th and then the seventh. We jumped all around. We skipped the eighth and ninth. I have no fucking idea how I got to the 10th. I just decided one day, hey, we haven't done this in a few years. I'm pretty sure we're on September 10th. Nope. Mm -hmm. So that's how he talks to himself. As a bonus, I do sitting around at home. Oh, we haven't done this for a while. (laughs) So, (laughs) in that voice, I came up with this brilliant idea too. We're gonna do two episodes. Actually, it was (laughs) my idea. Let me say that again. We're we're gonna do two episodes of Mantis. So I'll do two uh, family circus cartoons for the eighth and ninth of September. Okay, you gotta stop with that voice. So that's what you get. That's just my normal voice. Um, no, actually, that was my idea. I'm the one who said, just do two. Yeah, which I think that's weird. Like, why would you put yourself through that two in a row? Well, let's get it a fucking move on. So you could say that I'm being very kind, 
by doing two family circuses because they're just single strips, right? Like just single panels. Mm-hmm. Or you could say I'm a cruel, sadistic that you're asshole a fucking monster because I'm because doing it's two the family, family circus. <laughs> so we're doing September eighth, nineteen ninety four. September eighth, nineteen ninety four. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Grandma is sitting in a chair. She's got some uh, knitting on her lap, but she's leaning forward attentively and listening to Jeffy or Billy, one of those little dumb fuckers, who's <laughs> standing there in front of her with a dog too, for no reason at all. And the little boy asks Grandma, and this is, I believe this is significant because this is the first time in history that this joke was ever made. You know, Family Circus is good for that. Um, Jeffy, or what, whoever it is, asks, Grandma, when you were little, was everything in black and white? Okay, I swear to God you've already done this one. <laughs> I swear to I God know, that you've already done right? this one. I swear. So here's the thing about old newspapers. When you're looking through them, sometimes the syndication dates got screwed up and they would print it because the cartoonists would submit like, here's a week's worth of things and they would run them the wrong time in different papers. sorry, did you intentionally do one that you had already done before? No, but I think we've done it too. Definitely. And I think I made the same joke before. Probably. It's not a joke. No, it's not funny. That you put in a cartoon and act as if you came up with it on your own. Well, okay, but here's the here's the thing about the family circus. It's not about the joke and it being the first time that joke was told. It's about it's actually just the opposite. It's about how universal these things are among kids and families and kids being like and kids wondering about that kind of yeah. thing. I'm not saying that that makes it any more interesting because it doesn't because so it, it's not. My question is, is that the first time We've name? done that comic? No. Is that the first time Bill Keen made that joke? Because this is the 90s. He'd been doing the family circus since, I mean, everybody in it looks like they're it's the 60s. So he'd been doing it forever, right? And it took him 30 years to come up with, was everything black and white when you were a kid? Like, that's his joke for the week that he's putting in there? Or the day, I guess. I mean, I just don't know how to respond to that. I don't, I don't know. Um, so anyway, I think we're get we're doing a double here, but nobody cares. Nobody we're doing likes a double this. and a double, a double and a redo. And yeah, it's just, there's so many layers. This Jen. segment is a fucking disaster. All right. You're ready I'm for saying. September 10th, 9th. I mean, oh my God, <laughs> get your fucking shit together. There's a lot going on here. People, Jesus it's Christ. so hard to keep track of. Okay, in this one, we see Mom and Dolly. Dolly's the daughter. And Dolly has her little ponytail in, and they're sitting next to each other in the car. And I know that because Mom has her hands on the steering wheel. Um, it's like we're peering through a little porthole in the dashboard, you know? Hmm. Like we're in the in the dash. Oh, I see. Yeah. peering out, and we get to see Mom sitting there with her hands on the steering wheel. She's all buckled up. And Dolly's holding a finger up, you know, like she's she's talking. That's what you do one. when you're talking up. She's like, fuck you, mom. Oh, that's hilarious. No, she's just holding a finger up and talking to her mom. And she says, in the car, we buckle up. But at school, we're supposed to buckle oh, no. down. Oh, my gosh. And I, I yelled up because it's all caps. And down is also all caps. And supposed, the word supposed is supposed. It's S apostrophe P-O-S-E-D. Yeah, well, that's not weird. That's how Dolly talks. So see, what as, she did there was juxtapose yeah, no, no, no. I, the I get it. As soon, up and down. As soon as you said buckle up, I felt 
the blood drain from my <laughs> body from your brain. in horror <laughs> because I could see where that was going. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's just, it's just, it's fine. It's not that bad. It's just so, it's nothing is it's what nothing. it is. Well, it's nothing. He drew a picture and then he wrote a sentence. No, I know. And and the drawing of the pictures is something. It is something. The words are nothing. They're almost something. Something. See you in the funny paper soon. Okay, so how are we going to get through this relatively quickly? Because <laughs> I'm just worried... That Listen, I have so many notes. <laughs> we had to sit through two hours of this shit, so now stop, you have to sit through two hours it. of us describing it. I'm getting it. angry every time. In fact, I took a note on this um, quite a ways down, but Micah said, hold on, let me find it. Micah just said, this show is so bad, and I was like, what are you talking about? And that is all in all caps. Why are you, every time you're surprised, Jen likes it, Micah criticizes no, that's it. that's not... That is, it's not that simple normally. Okay. You want to hear something I wrote down about it? Mm. The special effects haven't aged well, but the social <laughs> commentary has. The social commentary is why I dig this so much because it is sadly very, very relevant. Yeah, still. And always, you know. And honestly, I thought for a 90s, like, primetime television show, I thought the special effects were fine i mean there's some stuff that looks cheesy as hell yeah and all it's of it. funny but like when the car turns into a flying a super badass flying mm -hmm. machine and the rainbow outlines and, it's, the, and oh, it, it like, is hilarious but it's warps. also super cool it worked for me i liked it yeah he does have a car called the chrysalid which makes sense because he's a superhero called the mantis with but i oh, don't I have know, a joke about that do mantises go inside a cocoon I don't know, but it I just want work. to remind you that there is a joke coming up. Oh, so we're getting more joke foreshadowing. Yeah. Okay. And normally I'd be worried about overselling it, but you can't oversell this one. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you just can't. You guys might want to buckle up for this joke. Or is it, Do you, you might actually want to buckle down. Maybe. I I don't know because <laughs> I don't know the joke yet. It's stupid. Okay. No, my, not mine. That one. Oh, all right. Let's do a quick recap so oh, people God. know what the fuck we're talking about. Our quick, quick, yeah. like, setting okay. of the world. So we're in a town called Ocean City. Mm -hmm. um, there's an election happening. The 94 election. 94 election. Election 94 continues as special correspondent Yuri Barnes takes us behind the scenes for an exclusive interview with police chief Frank Stark. There's a racist asshole police chief running yep. for mayor. Yep. And there's a billionaire black man in the city. Named Dr. Miles Hawkins. Who is paralyzed. He's paraplegic. He's in a wheelchair. So his legs are paralyzed. Correct. Um, he was shot by a police sniper during the riots years before. He was shot by a police officer. Mm -hmm. Keep that in mind. But that's because... not clear to everyone mm -hmm. in the no, show. Not, that's no, not no, like... no, not till later. Yeah. That's sort of a reveal yeah. that comes in the second half. Two basic patents by the age of 15, millionaire at 18. MIT on a genius grant. And he's one of the best known men in Ocean City. They talk about that several times. Like he's really well known and familiar and he's a celebrity. Um, and he's a famous scientist. 
Yeah. And he, but he's also like a conservative. He's like a black conservative. He is. The only real affirmative action is what we as black people achieve on our own. But thousands of African Americans would never have gotten into colleges any other way. I did. My father did. How do you respect what you haven't earned? Mr. Compassion. Idol of Republicans everywhere. Mm. He talks about how he's anti-affirmative action. The other characters talk about it. The other two main characters in the show are um, Yuri, a news guy, news anchor. And, I wouldn't say he's a main character even. Well, I he and um, Dr. Amy Ellis. Amy was the main character in my opinion. Kind of pushed the narrative through the, yeah. the movie. Um, and she is a forensic pathologist for the city. She's seen a lot of um, young gang members die and drug overdoses come in. Um, and it's being covered up by her racist um, co-worker, Dr. Philip Hall. Okay, but... That's not his name. <laughs> He's the doctor. Philip Baker Hall is the actor. Oh. There's somebody called Smitty who said something really fucked up to her. But anyway... Uh, that was probably him. He probably they, played Smitty. I just want to correct you because they're not all gang members. No. It's being presented that they're all gang members. Yeah. But that is not necessarily accurate. Right. So Yuri, the news guy, kind of uncovers with Amy this plot they think is happening. There's this character running around town named Mantis who people are starting to talk about, and he keeps paralyzing people with his gas mm -hmm. and these darts that like have they just a chemical in them. Yeah, they in just... In time. I saw one of them blink. Yeah. I just want to say... <laughs> Yeah, the the whole movie opens great. with like a bank it's robbery a movie. in progress. It is a movie. It's the, but it's, it's not a TV the way movie. we watched it. It's two. Okay. it's two part pilot. Anyway, um, it opens with a bank robbery in progress, and then Mantis comes in and stops it, and he freezes everyone. And when the cops show up, there's all these frozen bank robbers, and yeah, it's they're like still alive, but they're just like holding still. A lot of a lot of those scenes look like a game of red light, green light. You know what I mean? Because yes. it's like yes. they just said red light and yeah. everybody froze. But uh, but there's like a couple who accidentally didn't freeze quite on time. Yeah. But oh, well, we just um, they just left that in. It's now, really I, bad. Oh, are you done setting up the world? No, of or? course not. Fucking God. So Yuri and Dr. Amy Ellis think that there's a plot. Dr. Hawkins, I think you stuck once that drug. I think he plans to use it for crowd control, specifically targeting black neighborhoods. Yep. And that's what they're trying to uncover the whole time. And they're also trying to figure out who Mantis is. Okay, so I have a question because, um, as you said, Micah, it opens with a bank robbery. Yeah. That includes a bomb. Yeah. Now, we just watched another movie with a bomb, mm -hmm. or several mm -hmm. bombs, actually, which was Speed. Mm -hmm. uh, and I... <laughs> It just seems that every bomb has a red digital ticking clock counting right. down to explosion time. And what I would like to know. That's your standard uh, Acme I'm honestly timer. asking, is that an actual thing on bombs? Why would that be a thing on every fucking bomb? Why? I, I think it's a visual shorthand at this point Well, for TV yeah, and filmmakers. But, but actual bombs do not have that. Some do. Do they? Probably. I guess I just don't know. There was a really awesome videotape rewinding. Scene. Oh yeah, there's a lot of um, news, like VHS videotapes. rewinding. It was just cool. It was just cool. There's a line where some white asshole says, "As mayor, I'll be prepared to fight back 
by any means necessary. Am I on Mars? Or did he just quote Malcolm? So it's about race. It's it's all about race, although another thing that's happening, and I don't know whether this was an intentional sort of statement they're making, but um, the dudes are all, they all hit on, there's two women in it. One is Lila, the white woman who was in Desperate Housewives, and the other one who is more of like the main character, Amy, mm-hmm. is a black woman, and they're getting fucking harassed constantly. Oh, yeah, all the she dudes. She especially. Yeah. By these other by these other black men, and it was really interesting to me. I I just I don't know. Again, I don't know if actually they were trying to to point that out, or if it was just like this is how things are. So he's just she's just gonna be hit on all the time. Yeah, I couldn't tell either because it, she's like she's a doctor. She's but it very felt, like, oh yeah, and they just are totally disrespectful. Main character. She's very competent. She's the only one that's uncovering what's actually happening, right. and yet. All the guys, their only interactions with her are based on trying to get her to go out with them. I'll take you out to lunch, okay? How about that? Listen, that's something I want to talk about. Not to. hungry, thanks. Damn, Amy, look, I know you work in the morgue and everything, but that's a little cold, don't you think? Like, what's a man got to do to get your attention? Huh? In a word, mm-hmm. die. Amy? Yeah, like they all want to get in her pants. And it was a really, I mean, I thought it was, um, I mean, the intention matters to me, which is why I keep bringing it up. And like, I don't know whether it, whatever but it was like a pretty good look at like intersectionality like you know this black woman is just takes all kinds of shit from mm-hmm. all sides he she also so smitty he called her an affirmative action hire yes what a fucking that dick was smitty i don't need some affirmative action hire telling me my job go ahead file a report see where it gets you Mm-hmm. So, like, this is the whole thing of the both parts of the pilot, basically, is like there's a gang problem. Yeah. I say in quotes, sort of, that they're trying to play up. It's just it's the whole like black on black violence mm-hmm. thing. He's a gangbanger. I don't see what that has to do with Amy. What we've got here is another dead homeboy. Does a mantis uh, paralyze its prey? Is that why he calls himself mantis? I don't know. I mean, I know it's an acronym, but... I guess we should have done some research on science and bugs. Well, <laughs> that's not our job. We don't um, do that kind of thing. Relatedly, though, I don't think mantises have... Maybe they do have a chrysalis stage. Maybe I don't know what that means. But I think of it as like a butterfly in a cocoon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, his car is called the chrysalis. Or right. chrysalid. It's called the chrysalid, which is not a word. It's badass. Um, but it's it's... Okay. So cool. It's interesting. I'll give it that. <laughs> um, I love when it turns into a flying car. It's so cool. There's a scene that is, I think, orchestrated by Stark, the guy that's running for mayor, the police chief, where all these rollerbladers come out during a traffic jam. Yes. It's, it's basically downtown LA. Rollerblade gang. Oh, God. Throwing crates all over the road and stealing yeah. purses. But guess who's stuck in the traffic jam? What's that? Mantis. It's an early 70s Buick Riviera. And then it morphs into the chrysalid, which is a car. Uh, bad. Airplane. Submarine. Flying car. And uh, a submarine. Well, not car. Flying thing. Oh, and it's, yeah. yeah. It does, it does it, it all. It does it all. And this is the best part. 
it so it transforms it shoots up into the air with a lot of close-ups on little mechanical <laughs> objects and things with dry ice that make it look like jets i think i know where you're going with this. it shoots up in the air and then mantis is <laughs> fly driving it uh-huh. wearing a long trench coat and a mm-hmm. mask that covers like what would you say an mm-hmm. eighth of his face <laughs> I would say, oh boy, I'd say a third of his face. More than sunglasses, but also less than sunglasses because you can see his eyes. Which is, um, yeah. No, it's not. It doesn't. It's a very, it's a Superman thing, man. You yeah. got to get, it's very Clark Kent. Like, oh, he took his glasses off. Nobody can recognize him. Uh, that's how this yeah. is. So in this scene, it's not as bad. But later on at the very end, it's very bad. So in this one, it's not as bad because well, the chrysalid shoots up in yeah. the air. Above the traffic jam, a they show in close-up a big pulley with a cable on it, and then Mantis drops out from the bottom of the chrysalid, which flies around, and he mm-hmm. just hangs there straight up oh and down. God. It's so weird. He looks it... so stiff and awkward. <laughs> it's so weird. Okay, so... He hangs from a rope straight down and yeah. just shoots people with darts Yeah, and doesn't move I... because it was a mannequin? I don't know. My question was, why in the hell is he hanging from the car when... He could just fly around and shoot darts? Exactly. Why not just shoot darts from inside? Because I so get that he's, he's paralyzed from the waist down, right? So I feel like that was where they were, they were trying to sort of like shine a light on but that we don't in a know weird that way. Right. No, we did know that, though. Well, yeah, but it's that's the big reveal at the end of the episode is that Dr. Miles Hawkins, who's paralyzed, gets in I the mantis suit. I guess we weren't suit, really supposed to know that yet, but and then it was obvious. Yeah. And yeah, so I thought, oh, it's because he's paralyzed. He can't use his legs. He's hang-. But then I thought, what? Wait. So let's make him super vulnerable Why and hang him from a rope. I didn't understand that at all. It's the dumbest scene ever. So basically he he flies around and shoots all the rollerbladers and they freeze, you know, mid rollerblading as they mm-hmm. run into cars. It's very well done. I think that those are the words I'm looking for. Yeah. Um uh then there's a scene Somebody says that they know Mantis from the University of Venus. We had studied together about four years ago. Mm-hmm. It was a medical school. Oh, no. Where is this medical school? This is uh, the University of Venus. Okay. What state is that in? Oh, this is uh, the planet Venus. And uh, it was a small school, but uh, one that was highly regarded. The planet Venus? The dark side. You're from the planet Venus? I studied there briefly. And graduated with high honors. That the, was Sam Raimi. Oh, it was? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, I thought that was really funny, but... He's being interviewed in the cop shop and saying, like, yeah, I know him. We went to college together. We went to the University of Venus. I actually thought that's where the show was going at that point, though. <laughs> like I was he's like, an alien. Oh, <laughs> oh, he... I thought it was... That was, like, legit. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, whoops. Uh, that's supposed to be funny because it's, like, a crazy guy. But yeah. I thought it would be cool if they did go to the University of Venus, Micah. It would be cool to go there. I've heard it's a great campus. Mm. You wouldn't know because men are from Mars. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's not that's true. That's not the joke I was waiting to tell. Don't, oh, okay. Phew. Don't worry. Was... Um, yeah, so Amy gets constantly hit on. Yeah. One thing that was really funny to me. So I watch things with subtitles on a lot. And with something like this, it really helps me because I can't. I can't listen and process quickly enough uh, when dialogue is moving so fast. So subtitles help me process a lot. And 
the subtitle toward the end of the it must have been right at the end of the episode because it was the very last note I took. Uh, but it probably wasn't at the end of the episode. Anyway, it just the description on screen just said indistinct harassment. <laughs> yes, I remember. That. <laughs> I don't even remember oh, what was going on, but I, I know, thought that was a I hilarious know exactly when that was. description. That's the next part I wanted to talk about. One of the guys that hits on her a lot is Antoine Pike, mm-hmm. who works for the mayor and also runs this community center. Not and, youth group. Not youth group. And he's a gymnastics expert. Um, oh which yeah, Amy him finds and out the other guy because Amy shows up at the community center and see and asks for him, and um, Cornell is like, "Oh, he's over there just finishing up his workout," and he's on like these parallel bars doing like awesome gymnastic Gymnast shit and things. like flipping around and all this stuff. And he gets off and he's got this shirt with the sleeves cut off, like way down low, so you can see his pecs, and um, he has sweats pulled way up high in the front, <laughs> and his shirt tucked in. Yeah, so you can see his dong. Really highlights the dong. Yeah, yeah, and other stuff, I guess. I It was a weird outfit choice. But yeah. then Amy leaves and gets harassed by a bunch of guys outside. There's mm-hmm. just a bunch of dudes hanging out outside. Oh, that and they, was the indistinct they're harassment. Gonna, yeah, that was the indistinct harassment. He comes out to he see her off, kind of. saves the day. And he's up on a balcony, and he sees this, and he jumps down and kicks all their asses. Because right. he knows gymnastics and... Kung Fu, apparently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's some more good stuff with that. So that's when Amy realizes, oh, this Antoine Pike guy, he's always talking about stopping the gang wars. And he used to be a gang member and he's really good at gymnastics. He must be Mantis. Yeah. Uh, He's not. Uh, Sorry, everybody, but spoiler. He's not. So... Moving on to pilot part two, we've already talked about some of it. I mean, yeah. we're, you know. Not... But the closing scene of pilot part one is the big, huge reveal. And the music is so fucking dramatic. Where they reveal and that he's Mantis. So slow-mo. And then he puts on this suit, which is a black bodysuit with like, it's like an exoskeleton thing. There's like metal parts around it and it allows him to walk. But for some reason, it looks badass. Mm-hmm. For some reason, he covers it up with a trench coat and a mm. shirt and tie. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking dumb. It is really weird. I don't know what the suit underneath does. Is it just to protect him? That's the Manta suit. It allows him to walk. And oh, stuff. that's right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Sorry. I zoned out because you were talking a lot. And, uh, <laughs> but yes, that's what allows him to walk because he is paralyzed. So, yeah, they think that the police chief is using a paralyzing drug to control crowds yeah specifically in black neighborhoods mm-hmm. and then there's a drive-by at the uh, um in this in a black neighborhood at the beginning of yeah so there's two the gangs part two in town the dragons and, and the 10ks and there's was, a truce right, right right there's a truce but then there's a drive-by anyway and so obviously stark set this up to make it look like right so that an all-out gang war would ensue and then everybody would be like oh he's right and because yeah, blah, blah, blah. But, and they, and it's super fucked up and totally believable. And, like, his slogan is take back the streets. It's a very, Starts. very, very yeah. Trumpy. Yeah. Like, it gives me, ugh, it makes me just feel ill. But, um, but they totally, they spelled it out for us too much, I thought, with the gang thing. Like, they explained way too much that it was Stark who set this up. Yeah, there's like, a we really. Been able to, I feel like we would have been able to figure out more that was going on without. It's pretty the... obvious, but they they do a really long scene with the two gangs who meet at yes, the junkyard exactly. and they and they figure they talk it, out. it all out and yeah. like 
exposition. Yeah, it just wasn't necessary. But then Mantis shows up and tells them they need to stop fighting and start working together because someone's manipulating them and he explains everything. And that scene, it's like, it's nighttime. They're in a junkyard. He is, he walks out well lit, like right into the light, wearing this trench coat and this mask that doesn't even cover his face. Mm -hmm. You can see his eyes. Like none of these people would know who the third richest man in Ocean City is, the black billionaire. Oh, I do. It's so painful. It's Clark Kent. It's just, it just is, yeah. So since we're on this topic, I'll talk about the very end of this episode. Wait, can I talk about the gangs real quick, though? Yeah, this will take one second. The most annoying thing about the Clark Kent issues is at the very end, he, Mantis shows up and is, like, trying to stop this riot from happening. And then he, like, the riot gets quelled, but then he has to make a quick exit. So what does he do? He ducks in an alley and takes the helmet off and then walks back out on the street in the same fucking trench coat and tie... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah like, and just gets in a van and walks by uh, a bunch of people it's just me now everyone was looking for Mantis they saw him there and then all of a sudden he takes the helmet off it's not yeah. even a helmet it's like a yeah, headband it's like a half mask it's like a Mardi Gras mask hmm it's weird that guy wearing that stupid fucking trench coat and ugly tie looks exactly <laughs> like Mantis <laughs> yeah I mean yeah I don't know that stuff is just I don't know um, I have no problem with a neurotransmitter interceptor suit, but yeah, right. The disguise. Who does he say? He says, "Juice me up, and I'll meet you back at the sea pod." Juice me up, and I'll meet you back at the sea pod. <laughs> yeah. And I, I wrote cue sexy music, but did sexy music play? Yes. Okay, yeah, because then you said, "Yeah." Micah asked, "Is he gonna fuck something right now?" Yeah. And I was like, I wrote down, "Why would it be a thing?" <laughs> Because he was in the suit, in the chrysalid, flying. Wait, it's time for my joke, though. Okay. That you've been waiting for. Tell and your joke. This is what it is. This is, is what that, the best comics well, do. This is what it is because um, because he would, like said that kind of like sexy thing. You know what I mean? And then there was like the sexy music. Mm-hmm. And he had like his shirt off and everything. Mm-hmm. He looks all sexy. Yeah. And so um, the joke is praying mantis, more like laying mantis. You know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> my God, you know. Do you get sorry, it? sorry. My mic turned <laughs> off there for a second. I was laughing so loud that I couldn't handle it. It was just too loud, and it just cut me off. <laughs> That's a lie. He was not. But anyway, but do you guys? Because laying is sort of like it's like uh, sex. <laughs> exactly, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like praying mantis. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so. Well, the music that you can probably hear right now that I'm imagining we're going to put in here is the a lot of interstitial music in the show is just sexy jazz. It's just so it's much very sexy. sexy saxophone. And when a dude tells you, juice me up so juice I can go back up. to the sea pod. Meet me back at the sea pod. Yeah, you know. But he's about to be a laying mantis. <laughs> That's what you know. Exactly. Uh, I wrote down, whoa, these gang members sure know how to wield nunchucks. Oh, yeah, what the fuck? (laughs) Because apparently, apparently gang members in this city are like super into martial arts and are experts in martial arts. Yeah. Just like the guys, the men who are gymnasts. It's a weird thing. It's a weird. It's really weird. These people have strange skills. like 
specific stereotype of black violence and black gangs that this show is playing on. And, and then, then they pull nunchucks out nunchucks. And gymnastics. Like you just showed a drive-by Which, and then these guys are going to have a rumble in the junkyard. I mean, it was... It was hilarious nunchucks. to me. I, those and nunchucks came out. The other dude out. had like bow staffs or something. I don't it know what they're called. It was very weird, but I liked yeah. it. I'm into it. I do think we have to explain what the sea pod is. I don't think we ever mentioned what it was, actually. It's his oh. like underwater hideout. It's his lair. It's like his bat cave. Mm-hmm. And the chrysalid is his batmobile. He um, tells the gang members, you got mines, use them. And I just thought. Oh, that's such a Bill Cosby style thing to say. You know what I mean? Like, pull yourselves up by your bootstraps. But here's the thing. So I have a question. We already know because you told us at the beginning that the way he got paralyzed was because he got Mm -hmm. shot by a cop. Fuck the police. And um, that was just my own commentary. Not That wasn't a part of the paralyzing. Okay. Um, so, uh, So he was a conservative... But then he, he actually isn't a conservative anymore, right? But right. he's trying to play the role like he still is. It's very confusing. I think he because now he's like fuck cops. It's not super clear, sort in this, of. But he plays the. He was a well-known conservative black man before, and he continues that persona as Dr. Miles Hawkins. But he doesn't actually feel that way anymore. I was blind, and it took a bullet to open my eyes. It is the next bullet that I am worried about. You cannot change the world on your own, Doctor. I have a debt to pay, Injia. If I can help, I will. No matter what it costs. He doesn't actually feel that way. They don't make it super clear. But... But, I mean, saying... I mean, I don't know. I guess it's fine to say you've got minds, use them. Like, trying to talk kids out of being in gangs. Like, that's, right. it's not it's, that that's a bad thing. He's out there telling the gang members, like, hey, you guys need to solve this problem. Sure. Like, he's helping that situation, like, do it in a better way. But then he but says But there's a real conservative like, edge to Ugh. the way he said it. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's just one of those, like. Right. Um, yeah. And then, and then I just was thinking about, I was, like, just angry. I, like, I mean, I'm into this show. Like, it made me angry. Like, um, because, honestly, people like Stark really exist and especially like right now it oh my god we're swimming in starks elected officials who are just like this fucking asshole and it's always right wingers it's always right wing dick fucks who are like who will accuse you of wanting to shoot them but they're the ones who are going to shoot you yeah do you know what i'm saying they're they're always they're so dishonest and good at maintaining power by flipping the script mm-hmm. of what's really happening. Well, that's really appropriate because what we find out in this episode is that Stark was the one that was instigating the Yeah. I mean, which like, breaking was the obvious and instigating the thing with the help of Antoine Pike. Oh, right. So that Pike part wasn't as obvious. Works for the incumbent mayor, but he's working with Stark and he is also like there was a gangbanger that Smitty was talking about at the beginning that OD'd and um, Dr. Ellis, Amy was like, I don't, I'm not sure that he OD'd. This isn't, these things don't match up. I don't up. think he OD'd and also I'm not sure he was a gangbanger just because he's young and black doesn't right. mean he's a gangbanger. She brings him up to Antoine and Antoine knows who he was. He was like, yeah, he was at the community center and then Amy starts to put it or together junkie. and she, yeah. Sorry, she says junkie. Yeah. Nothing. He, she finds, um, 
she goes over to his house for them to have a date and watch the Stark. Stark's having a rally or something. Oh, yeah. This was a really, really tense scene that I forgot all about. And she finds his stash. He has drugs in his little pouch that he's using, like heroin or something that he's yeah, using to, to make cover it look up. Like like he kills people. These and people then, OD'd. Yeah. He gives so he's them killing people after. to make it look well, like they OD'd. Is he also killing people? Is he shooting people as well to make well, it look like gang members? He's the or one that sent the three dudes to do the, to do that. Yeah. the drive-by yeah. and yeah. try to break the truce. Super fucked so up. So they're trying to get and gang totally violence believable. going again so they can win the election. Mm-hmm. And the Stark rally is where they have hired some guys to... They've hired Antoine's guys to take a shot at Stark and try to assassinate him. But he's speaking oh, behind right, like bulletproof right, glass, right. and it's all set up. And Stark yep, knows it's coming just to make it look. Oh, so he God. gives this very Trumpy speech, mm-hmm. and then these two guys take shots at him, and then it starts a riot. Mm-hmm. And then Mantis comes in and quells the riot. And they play red light, green light again. Yeah, and somebody shoots Stark. One of the cops drives up from far away. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. shoots Stark right when Mantis is about to get him to confess to everything mm-hmm. and mantis sees that and like i was thinking oh i wonder if that's the same police sniper that killed him because or that shot him in the back because mm. there's a scene in the first one where yuri and amy are watching old footage of the riots when he got shot was it supposed to be the la riots like the actual it's, la riots or well it's just... ocean city yeah yeah, it's yeah. This but it's basically made up that place, yeah. but yeah um but they're watching footage to see you know, when he got paralyzed and they then show him in the sea pod also watching the same footage. Hawkins is mm-hmm, watching himself mm-hmm. getting shot on this news footage. And he's he's doing the typical like zoom in, enhance, zoom oh, in, yeah, enhance yeah, yeah. thing. Your and favorite. he sees this like cop <laughs> with a gun up on the rooftop that shot him. Yeah. And it, it we're but supposed did he to shoot read him on purpose. Was he did he I don't know if it do was we specifically know that, or was it, him. Yeah. I think he was just shooting people during the riots mm-hmm. and he saw a black man and shot him. And so what do we think the motivation of shoot to shoot Stark was? To actually shoot and kill him. Just to cover up all the rest of the conspiracy so he wouldn't tell Mantis oh, maybe. Really? I don't know. Mantis so you're still also... thinking he's on Stark's side, whoever this person was who shot him. Like essentially so, the, yeah, I mean, he, he's, you know, not yeah. Stark specifically, but like. He's trying to cover up the yeah. conspiracy. Um, also, Mantis has a power to hypnotize people. Oh, my God. His eyes on the mask <laughs> turn like that. green and glow. Yeah, and then they yeah. he can tell them, he's like, I have a message that you need to deliver. Oh, yes. <laughs> he tells Lila that. And Lila tells Yuri that. Like, that happens a couple times. Sometime Yuri. Yuri has to go on the air and say that there's going to be a riot at the Stark rally or something. And he's supposed to tell everyone that. But then, yeah, I think Mantis starts to do that to Stark. That's why he gets shot. Uh huh. He's hypnotizing him. Look into my eyes. I want you to deliver a message. Mm-hmm. And telling like him Stark that he's going to tell the truth yeah, yeah, and come yeah. out and, yeah, and they can't explain everything. Happen. Yeah, so, like, really interesting, intriguing uh, plot. Like, I mean, it's really, like, they went for it, man. It's it's real. It's real shit. And, um, and this was on Fox. As Micah mentioned, then they fucking whitewashed it and, yeah. and toned it down. And I don't know what else. And um, because I'm sure, oh, man, I'm sure they got so many complaints about it. Uh, well, that's what's so it weird. Sucks like, because I wish they that broadcast I... it. They saw it before and they were like, yeah, let's put this on. 
and then they retooled everything and replaced all the characters, basically, except Hawkins. Well, I don't know who makes those kinds of decisions, but I'm guessing it had to be it's a because of some man. kind of... Well, like an no, old I'm white saying, executive. Right. But do you think he's making that decision by himself, or is it related to, like, at all to the public, public response? I don't know. I don't know when... It was anyway, aired. I think it, it was all matter. aired we, consecutively. I think they just shot the film and showed that and then started the show right after. Yeah. So we're going to watch the next episode and we'll see how different it is and whether um, it's still compelling and interesting. I just think it's such a bummer that like the, the first show, only show with a black superhero, it just sucks. It's just it's it's a real bummer, I think, that yeah, it got canceled. I mean, 20 years later, we finally had like Black Panther was... A big black <laughs> yeah. superhero in the Marvel and like universe. Like Luke Cage was before that, wasn't he? Yeah, but and there's there, others. There but... are like a few. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Right. It's still uncommon, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. It's um. Yeah, and honestly, like if a show like this had become a big deal, maybe you know, like there wouldn't have been. There would have been more of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, anyway, we just would have like progressed a lot more quickly. Yeah, I would like to know what the reasoning was behind all the recasting and the whitewashing because it, I, I can see that the pilot had problems and there were a lot of issues with things. Sure. But all pilots have problems and the, the cast, those actors were not the problem. That's the thing is, uh, yeah, obviously. And some shit is really silly and, you know, fucking goofy. But overall, like it's, it, I just, I found the, I found it very compelling and very, um, sadly, very true to life. Yeah, and they set up I a lot that of was, things. It was too real that I think could have been interesting to explore in a mm-hmm. in a series. And I, from what I've read, the next the actual series is more of an origin story. So they go back and oh. retell everything and change cool. everything. Um, I was thinking about the how I was just talking about right wing gaslighting, basically. And it made me think about like, it made me think about how um, gaslit we were in Montana mm-hmm. and at, at all programs like that and so many other situations where. Isn't that like the foundation of. It really is. Yeah. It is. It is. Um, yeah. Like what they would do a lot is like they always accused us of being full of shit. Like we were, we were liars. We were always being dishonest and so they like john would look at me with this like disdain and tell me you're full of shit but i didn't know what he was talking about but then he convinced me because oh god like the thing about gaslighting that's really fucked up is that you can be convinced that eventually you know that they're telling you the truth right like you question your own that's the whole point right? is and, to make yeah. somebody question their reality and so being told over and over that you're full of shit and you're dishonest you you believe it because yeah. also all the other girls go along with it because that's what we did what we had to do um so you're sitting there in a room full of people who are agreeing with or at least not not disagreeing mm-hmm. with this assessment and it's like and i i think that i really came i really started to see myself as a liar and a and a really dishonest person and i didn't even know what it was that i was being dishonest about i mean 
people like made shit up. A lot of people made shit up. Yeah, because, that's what I was going to ask. They yeah. At oh, some yeah. point, you get to a point where you just try to say something. Yeah, because you're like, okay, fine. Um, I'm being dishonest. Yeah, right. I did this thing. It's and, like or, any forced confession this thing situation. Happened to me. It is. Yeah. It is like that. Um. So yeah, I just that I, I'm. We're trying to get back into sharing stuff about Montana. I'm also doing a lot of writing about it. I'm actually trying to write a book. So I want to be uh, sharing stuff with you all, whoever is out there listening to this. Anyway, so yeah, it was very much like a forced confession sort of thing. But um, yeah, in just two straight years of that. Yeah. And being uh, surrounded. I think it's important <laughs> to emphasize, too, that there were adults there. But there were a whole bunch of other teenage girls oh, yeah. that were all being manipulated. Right. We're all being well, and also the other way that they manipulate, this was huge, is that they would they treated us differently, right? So and I don't know how they decided when they were gonna treat somebody one way and whatever, but there were some girls who would be treated with like nurturing and and gentleness and who were not being told they were full of shit. And so then that's a really powerful gaslighting tool because if it's not all of us, then it's got to be true, right? I mean, they're not saying it to that girl. So it's not just something they say to every single one of us. So it must be true about me. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and they can manipulate you because you want that, like attention and positive interaction too yeah exactly exactly they use it they use it that way it's like a carrot it's the, basically it's like basic cult shit you know yeah like they're, it is. they do it a is. lot of the same techniques of brainwashing yeah. and yeah. cutting you off from everything you knew yeah and everyone you knew and I, like literally isolating you and yeah and just the way forcing that forcing you to denounce everything that you ever did or believed before it just makes me sad to think about, like, the way I saw myself as a result of that, you know. And I don't think that I've recovered from that. And I'm not sure that I ever really fully will recover from that. I mean, I think I think that I carry around this, like, fear that what if he was right about me? What if they were right about me, you know? Like, when he was looking at me, he he saw, you know, just a fundamentally dishonest piece of shit. <laughs> you know, and or at least that's what he said, and and that was supposed to be helpful somehow. But um, yeah, I really still think I carry that around. Like, what if he was right? You know. Well, you were sixteen. You were still forming your ideas of who you were and becoming yeah. who you were. And I think people might be listening to this thinking, like, I would never. I would never let, let that happen that to, to me. me. I would, yeah, my yeah. sense of self is too yeah, strong. Whatever. Well, first of all, your sense of self isn't that strong at 16. You're easily manipulated. Well, mine wasn't. I mean, Some clearly, people are, but these... I mean, but we were troubled kids, yeah, too. Right. I mean, we didn't... You don't just end up there accidentally. It's not like... I mean, there might have been a few girls who were sent there for... Because their parents just wanted to get rid of them. You know, like they were annoyed by them or something. But for most of us, like we had been through some traumatic shit. Yeah. And you had we a whole had host of other issues. Yeah. Like, yeah. So we were vulnerable already. And I would say to those people that think that being in a place where they torture you and brainwash you for two years and you wouldn't succumb to that, 
Like, the last two years, we've all gotten accustomed to wearing masks all the time. And people Mm -hmm. are used to it now. And we're going to go through a thing pretty soon with all the mask mandates ending where it's going to cause a lot of anxiety. Like, I'm not saying it's the same situation. I'm just saying, like, our... Like, we can get used to anything? We can get used to anything. And you can... And it's hard to adjust back to that. Extreme situations like this. Like, we've all been in... You know, we've had two years of collective trauma as a world. Mm-hmm. And we all adjusted everything we did. And now we're going to have to go back to whatever normal was somehow, someday which I don't think we're there yet, but that's a different discussion. Mm. But it's causing anxiety in mm. people. Like, it's uncomfortable being around. I watch shows like Mantis or I- any other TV show now, and I still, it pops into my head every once in a while, like, wow, they're standing really close to each other. <laughs> Why don't they have their masks on when they're going into that store, you know? Mm-hmm. The, the brain is really, like, it's easily influenced, and we get used to things and think that they're normal. And when you're 16 and taken away from your family and told constantly that everything you thought was wrong and evil and shitty and you're a shitty person. Yeah. And then they have your peers tell you that, too. Right. Um, yeah. Yep. So that's a really that is a very, very common tactic of these programs. Like there's a whole range of different programs and, you know how bad they get. There are some that are much, much worse than others. I would say mine was somewhere in the middle. But at all of them, this is a tactic that they use. Yeah. I mean, gaslighting is a huge part of it. And 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 forcing people to turn against each other. So anyway, um that's what I was thinking about in terms of Montana. And I think we need to wrap this up. Yeah. And um, next week, it will be a little bit more Mantis. A little more Mantis. Um, which, honestly, I'm really excited about. I'm curious to see where they go next. I'm curious, too, because I read about the whole season. It was only on one season, and they retooled it again in the middle yeah. and did some crazy, wacky shit that I kind of want to watch all of. Well, but somebody send us some money, and we'll do that. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. It still feels new and exciting to be back, and we're having fun, and I hope uh, you're having fun. Oh, it also, we wanted to put out there, because we haven't done this in so long, if anybody has any questions about Montana, about my time at the therapeutic boarding school, um, any questions at all, I would be more than happy to answer those. Uh, so you can email us at Info at I never saw that.com. You can also join our Facebook group. True. You Facebook. can post questions in there. We have an I yep. never saw that Facebook group. Um, you can also tweet at us. Yeah. At, um, which is at never saw that pod. And we're on Instagram. Yeah. We don't do much on no? Instagram. Okay. Uh, anyway. So, yeah. Thank you, everybody. And thanks to Grandma Cray for our artwork. Thanks to Fifi Folios for our internet stuff. Thanks to Minus Violet for our music. Until next time, see you in the 90s. Juice me up, and I'll meet you back at the sea pod. Stroking the old buttocks again, eh? <laughs>